Hey everybody, welcome back to The Pixelist, the podcast about all the things we love and enjoy, all the nerdy things we love and enjoy, I should say. <laughs> Not I'm just Will. everything. Yeah. yeah, it's about everything. Um, I'm Will. This is a cooking That's podcast. Like, Sorry, I really, podcast? Wanted to get that, I really wanted to get that joke out. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I didn't even classic, hear you. As is classic, we I interrupted your <laughs> intro. <laughs> I'm Blake. It, Hello. It's, it's It's part of the content that people come for at this point, I think. Yeah, like kind of like a guilty pleasure. I mean, pleasure is a, too strong of a word. Probably just like, <laughs> you know, when you like you watch content of like people getting injured, not like actually injured because that'd be disturbing, but like, you know, someone like it's like America's Funniest Home Videos kind of stuff. You're just okay. like, yeah. I kind of feel like people do that for our intro. They're like, <laughs> let's see what these jokers. These got. guys again. Yeah. OK. Yeah. <laughs> and I was wondering where you were going with the people injuring themselves but yeah. we brought it back slapstick i'm with you now i will like, say that, but so but yeah it could, could have gotten somewhere weird like i was at <laughs> just sorry just you know random segue i was at coffee this morning with this guy i saw also like a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and a few weeks ago he was like oh you know marriage huh? and he made a joke about like killing his wife and at that <laughs> meeting at that meeting i was like that's a little dark bro and then because he was joking but i was like yeah okay but then today he brought up marriage again, kind of like, oh, oh. he's like, I want to just bury her out back. And I was like, that's two jokes you've made in yeah. a month span, man. You good? Do I need yeah. to alert the authorities? Yeah. Then you make a wellness check or <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Pixelist. Yeah, hello. Um, like we, like we or I butchered podcast about all the nerdy things we enjoy. But today we're talking about the legend of Vox Machina episodes six through or Seven, seven, eight. Yeah. Right. Um, which, but, uh, I guess we can jump right into, Oh, do have one quick announcement, really butchering the whole intro to this podcast. But speaking of legend of Vox Machina, the final three episodes are dropping this week, Thursday night, you know, time zones, maybe Friday for you. Uh, but we're going to be having our last watch party for the final three episodes of the season. So if you've been coming to those, Glad to have you. If you uh, haven't made it to one yet, but you'd like to check the discord, it'll be linked in our description box below. That's where we have the watch party and that's where you can find out more about exactly when that will be happening. So I uh, hope you join us. But other yeah. than that, we got anything else? Yeah, we got we're working on our reaction to these three episodes should be up on the channel in the next day or so. We got our last of us uh, discussion. We're going to talk about episode four and the reaction to that. And then a critical role episode mm. 47 Seven, 48 yeah 47 maybe 48 i don't know i think we're doing that tomorrow so a lot of content yeah. as is the usual so a lot of stuff in the pipeline for show welcome, welcome to joining our our nerd journey so <laughs> but yeah but today we're here to talk about seven eight and nine and let's just jump into it i mean i think it goes without saying at this point uh that i love this show but it feels like Almost every week, the episodes are getting better and better. And I don't know if that's like recency bias or, or you know, we're getting closer to like the the emotional climax of the season. Um, but I loved it. I mean, this I think this season is bet is outperformed season one for me. Like it's even better. And uh, all the all the little changes and stuff, I've been fully on board for. So I really enjoyed these three episodes. And I bring that up because these three specifically. There were some 
diversions. Not that it was like vastly different, but um, especially episode nine was basically all brand new in a way of getting that like deep grog backstory. So really enjoyed them. But how about yeah, you? That? Oh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, this is going to sound a little weird. I think episode five is probably my favorite so far. I think that's when Keyleth like ascends, so mm. to speak. Um, I just thought like the music, the buildup, I think all of it was just insane for me. That was awesome. Um, but that's not to say these weren't amazing. These three episodes were amazing. And I remember when we were watching episode nine, I was obviously at the edge of my seat because when it ended, um, Kev, yeah. Kevdak, is yep. that the guy's name? Yeah. When he, you know, calls out Kevdak and then it just cut. I was like, oh, no, I, what? Yeah. I can't wait. Are you kidding me? So, um, that's interesting to hear though, about the changes. I, the content just is amazing. I also agree. I've liked it a lot more than season one, really like season one a ton, but, yeah. um, it's nice to know that the second season hasn't seemingly dropped in quality as is the norm. A lot of times with, you know, seasons yeah. after the first one. Yeah, for sure. So hopefully they can just, you know, keep, keep climbing. Um, yeah, let me, not that anyone is really concerned about what I said, but let me just clarify when I say there's lots of differences. The big thing is that, and we talked about this before, but the party never split up like we have in the show where half went to the Feywild, half didn't. Um, oh, that, okay. that didn't happen in the original campaign. So they were all in the Feywild together and then they were all in this Western stuff together too. So that's kind of the main difference and the changes that are just inevitably different because of that change um but like the broad strokes of the things that are happening those are the same uh just to be clear why do you um, why do you think they split them up i i think i think two reasons one you can kind of condense more by telling these two storylines concurrently rather than like right. having to have everyone here and finish that then move on to this and do that um so i think that's an aspect of it it's also like the characters that are in each section, like they're the ones that ha are having the development in those sections. Yeah. So, you know, like we, not to say there weren't moments with the other characters in either situation, but like the Feywild arc is really about Vex and Vax to some extent, because his father is there as well. Um, and then this Western arc is really about Grog and to some okay. extent Scanlan. Um, yeah. But also I don't remember where I heard this, if it was an interview or something, but Apparently, it, it takes like a lot of man hours to animate scenes with all of Vox Machina in them. So also just for kind of practical reasons, it made sense to split them up a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. It definitely felt like those episodes, the characters who were the main story points, like got got the appropriate um, focus that I guess would have yeah. been muddied with all the other characters. Um, not to say they couldn't have done it. I mean you know, in episode five and episode six, you know, I feel like Keyleth got great, um, focus for lack yeah. of better for phrasing, but, um, yeah, it, it has been kind of, the pacing has been very high with both these stories happening concurrently. Um, and it's also kind of wild thinking there's only three episodes left. Like I'm kind of, I feel like there's so much, I feel like there's so much left to happen. Yeah. And I mean, there is, and I think we talked about this maybe in our last discussion, but, um, don't forget that in the next three episodes, this whole comma conclave arc isn't finishing because it's still going to be all of season three as well. 
Um, did we confirm season three is 18 episodes? Did I make that up? I think you made that up. I don't know. Okay. Where did I, that 12, where did the 18 come from? I don't know. I don't think they've said, but I would just assume it's 12, like, it the, way off. like the rest. <laughs> <laughs> but Let's yeah, see. so I, I don't want to, I, I, based on the episode titles, have an idea of where this season is going to end. I won't speculate on that, I guess, because that is spoiler ish for, you know, people that don't want to know or didn't see the original campaign. Um, so I won't comment on it, but yeah, we do have a whole other season to add on to this arc, but even of just the stuff remaining this season, it does feel like a lot. These last three episodes are going to be jam packed. Um, and in particular, you were talking about the cliffhanger of episode nine, episode 10, man, I think is going to be so good. The, uh, the title of episode 10 is the same as an episode from campaign one. And that episode is one of my favorites of the whole campaign. So I'm really excited for it. And obviously it's, I mean, we kind of, you know what it's about. It's about Grog still, because that's where we kind of had that cliffhanger moment. Um, but I just love how they've set up his story, you know, going back to earlier, they, there are some changes. Um, and so in the original campaign, we didn't get any of these like flashbacks that we got in episode nine of seeing, you know, how of Grog being a part of the herd and how he came across Wilhand. We knew that story because Grog like had mentioned it, it at times when he brought up his backstory, but we never get to actually see that side of Grog. So I just love how, um, and you stop me if ever I'm just like going crazy rambling, but, uh, Grog obviously is a, a more of a comic relief character in a lot of ways. Like he's his Grog, not Travis, is really dumb. He has like the lowest intelligence score of everybody. And so Travis didn't often get to like have those deep, like emotional, dramatic moments because he was Grog and he was playing true to that character's stats, if you will. But he, it was a masterclass. Like he played the kind of big, dumb idiot like so well. Anyway. That being said, there were still moments in the campaign where he like absolutely shines and you can like really see the depth of Grog. All that to say, I love episode nine kind of gives us a glimpse of that by showing us his backstory and uh, kind of seeing what makes him tick and why he left the herd and how he is different and how this is going to kind of culminate in him finding out where his strength comes from. But I won't say more than that because it hasn't been. I was wondering if we if we'd get a nice little little bow tie from that encounter with uh, the old dude who beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. That's why I can describe it. Um, yeah, you know, it'd be funny if like I wonder what they'll adapt from that episode. If it'll be like a pretty, you know, scene for scene for scene pairing, or if they'll change some things. We like watch it, and you're like, I hate it. <laughs> they ruined <laughs> they it. it. Yeah. <laughs> But um, um, I mean, I would assume these last three episodes, not only the one you're referencing, but I mean, 11 and 12 also, I think are going to be absolutely nuts. And um, I expect them to pull it off well. I mean, the intro to this season with the, you know, sacking of him on was just absolute chaos for 25 minutes. So yeah, uh, I'm really curious to see how they wrap it up. Um in a satisfying way. And then I also, once it's done, I want to go back and watch, I think your video on the episode titles to see, see how, how spot on you were. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't if I'm really off, but uh, yeah, we'll see. 
I I have some thoughts, but I think they're better saved for our our next discussion after the show's over because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. But yeah, I'm I'm curious on kind of what each episode is specifically going to cover and what is going to be the cliffhanger. Not that there has to be like a massive cliffhanger, but I think there will at least be somewhat of a yeah. of a you know tease. And so I have a couple guesses on what that could be. Um, but we'll talk about it next time. But yeah, I'm really excited. I think I think they're going to be action packed for sure, and uh, a lot of juicy stuff that that is hopefully coming. Um, yeah, that I'm really excited about. Let's talk more in depth on each episode. Um, I loved how they visualized the Feywild, by yeah. the way, which we yeah. know um, from Critical Role and just D and D in general that it's kind of like this. Um, beautiful mystical and incredibly dangerous place and i was curious kind of how they would and also this very wibbly wobbliness and we didn't get the time as a weird soup line unfortunately um but i just really liked from like the first few scenes they show all sides of that um and and also just how like I guess breathtakingly expansive it was too. Cause kind of when I visualized the Feywild, I kind of think of dense forests and um, not so open, I guess. Um, so it was even kind of a nice illustration for me to kind of reinvent in my head what it could look like. Yeah. And kind of same here. That's another thing that like, I didn't, and who knows what they're going to do for the canon of the show. So, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt, but the Fey realm is like, it's like a mirror of the prime realm, um, which means that like, you know, it's not just one like country. It's like a, the whole world is yeah. it's that big, you know? So yeah, there are so many things there. It's very expansive. And we got a bit of the scale with just seeing Singorn kind of like plopped in the middle of that one area. It's this massive city, but even it's just like a drop in the bucket to the Feywild as a whole. Um, but yeah, I love that episode. I, uh, that the Feywild was the first one, right? Was episode seven. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really loved the getting to see the, uh, the dynamic between Vax and Vex and their family. I don't know if, have you watched that breakdown I did of that one yet? I had. Um, what this, so since you've seen the episode, this isn't a spoiler, obviously, but there's that moment where, you know, Percy, uh, like tells um, their dad, like, "Hey, you need to redo this because you need to change the name. It's Lady Vexalia," um, yeah. and gives all the the titles or whatever. Um, he did that in the original campaign, but it was like this massive, like, mic drop moment. Like, and they, this episode happened to be filmed in front of a live theater. Like, it was one of their live episodes, so like the crowd's going wild. Like, oh my gosh! And it was like this big moment because like nobody had any idea this was coming. And, you know, Vax or excuse me, Vex and Percy have kind of had this bubbling, yeah. you know, energy between them. And then he mic drops this moment of like shoving it to her dad. Uh, one of my top moments in the campaign, honestly. So to, in the show, they kind of sucked the wind out of that by having uh, or I didn't finish in the campaign. The dad is like, oh, like, I'll do that right away. Like, sorry. But in the show, you know, he doesn't even care. He's like, that's yeah, childish. He- yeah, um, he's like you're you're just messing with me. Like, yeah, it's beneath you. So I they like kind of completely turned that moment on its head for the show, which I enjoyed in the sense of it kind of being uh, a surprise to me. This thing I was looking forward to, and then it's 
still a curveball. Uh, but then I, I also really like it for the show because in the campaign, amazing moment, but it's kind of Percy that's getting the moment of like shoving it to their dad. And I like in the show, I feel like they did this because they're going to save that moment for Vex, which it's more impactful for her to have it. Um, mm. So I don't really know where I was going with all this, but just I, re- I really liked that episode and getting to see uh, Sildor well, and- flushed out, even though he's a douche. Yeah, and like him not walking it back and being like, oh, I'll fix it. It kind of protects his douchery status, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. He like stays as like, you know, on on the shelf as like this, you know, continuing antagonist to her and like wanting her, wanting his approval or rather, you know, proving to him. Um, I think earlier in the episode when they're talking about like, where are the heroes? Like we've been like talking about how they've been fighting the dragons or whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and also it was a nice, I don't know how it happened in the, uh, live, um, in the stream, but when they encountered the, uh, Archfiend, is that right? Archfey, who was mm. protecting yeah. the bow. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of a nice, I mean, they did it intentionally, obviously, but like that person sliding into the role of her dad, basically, yeah. uh, which by the way, that entire, um scene that, that that whole like transpiring of that fight was amazing from like a combat and yes. animation standpoint um yes, very agree. very atmospheric too yeah that that whole sequence blew me away that uh that encounter was just up there with like some of the coolest ones i can remember from you know watching like dbz growing up or um yeah you know other animes uh really top notch and just seeing like all the uh the different things the bow could do uh with like the fire and the electricity and the, yeah. the vines exploding in the in the show what was the bad guy's motivation because i was thinking so he's he's he you know vex comes along and there's like this you know be at my side like sort of like a charm person manipulation whatever thing happening but we didn't get much of an explanation as to like really what this character's motive was, if mm. anything. Um, and I thought like, presumably this character's had people visit previously. So like, what was his motive? And then also like, why Vex? Like, was there something special about Vex that's given any light in the live stream or is it, is it just, just didn't get covered? Um, so I might be butchering this because it's been years since I like watched that arc play out. But essentially, he is this cursed Archfey, like cursed from a broken heart, basically. And like that corruption has just like been seeking out of him for however many years it's been. And that's why this area of the forest is all corrupted because like it's it's spreading out of him. Um, and because it was from a broken heart, he now like uses that same sadness and, you know, corruption if you will to try to corrupt others and i think the the main thing of it is like in the feywild this is a known entity at this point so like you know how garmelia is like oh i'm not going any further like everyone else avoids it which is why there's not like i mean not to say that like even if let's say vex was like okay i give in like you can have my heart i don't know if that would have like cured him and then he would like no longer be doing messed up things to people he probably would just keep going still so i imagine he's like taken many hearts over the years but essentially it's because he's messed up um 
And because it stemmed from a broken heart that he seeks out these other like broken people. And so that's why he's going for Vex because, you know, this whole dynamic with her father that she's yeah. going through, yeah. uh, he knows that she's susceptible to that. Um, but yeah, in the, like yeah, in the, in the uh, campaign, it's basically the same thing, but he basically wants like her to maybe cure, like to marry him, basically be like, you complete me type of yeah. thing. I like how you, in our reaction, we were watching, you were like, he's basically an incel. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She rejects him. <laughs> I also liked, you know, it's also kind of annoying in shows is when like a character demonstrates like a level of power, like in a, like a big display of power. And then like later on when that seems like it would be important, like that power is like miraculously yeah. not a, a plot point. And yeah. so I liked also how this episode, how Keyleth did like her ritual transformation back into the fire elemental to take out the big, yeah. uh, it was nice that it was like, okay, she had this big advancement and we, it wasn't the last time we saw it. Like she used it again, only a couple episodes later. Um, yeah. which is nice. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that aspect of it, but yeah, you're totally right. And I think I maybe mentioned this to you in, during our reaction. So sorry if I'm repeating myself, but she did that in the campaign, that maneuver of turning into a fire elemental and then tree striding through them. Uh, so I oh, love that they yeah. like still showed that in the show and it was so cool to see it animated. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. And you saying that about the, the power level thing made me just realize like another cool, I guess, I don't know if world building is the best way to put this, but another cool detail they paid attention to is that, you know, in the, in this episode, she does it, but she's only, like she's only able to maintain it for like a little bit, you know, right. she kind of exerts herself fully to get it done and then reverts back to Keyleth form. I like that it was so much shorter here because, and this is all just my own interpretation, so this could be wrong, but when she did it the first time, she was in the elemental plane of fire. So I would like right. to imagine that that kind of was like making her go super, super saying, you know, and that's why like she was able to do more and have it last longer than. Yeah, but I don't know. Hundred percent. No, I agree completely for sure. Um, and then on the flip side, from like going from mega powerful to not at all powerful, I just loved Grog's whole storyline with yes. you know him destroying Craven Edge. I'm curious if it's the last we'll see of Craven Edge. Uh, is it? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll answer you, but I guess slight spoilers for for anybody that doesn't want to know, but. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't even call this spoilers, really, but I guess mute until I do this if, if you don't want to know anything at all. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the last we'll see of it because this is the last we saw of it in the original campaign. But in the original campaign, it wasn't destroyed. So not that I think it would, but like Craven Edge could show up back in the the campaign can it like on the live streams if they wanted to, because wow. it wasn't ever destroyed. They so just how is it? They yeah, threw so it into it. a pocket dimension. Oh, uh, so okay. it's just, you know, floating in the astral sea or so I don't know if it's literally the astral sea or not. It might be, but I don't remember. So I don't want to say, um, so yeah, I don't, especially since they literally destroyed it in the show, I don't see it coming back. Um, but I loved that change and I, I know I already kind of spoke about Travis and Grog's arc. Um, but I just love the way that they are combining the Craven edge thing with his like him literally like losing his muscles and being so weak and all of that is being rolled up in together to the where do you find your strength thing 
which is yeah. rolled up together with his history with the herd and being like the one that wasn't about yeah. killing the innocent people. Like all those, all those individual plot points were the same in the campaign. Well, not like he never lost his muscles in the original campaign. Um, so that aspect of this is new. Oh, uh, yeah. So I guess I should touch on this really quick. So in the original campaign, they don't break Craven Edge, Craven Edge. They banish it to another plane. Um, but part of what happens in like separating Grog, I'm going to try not to get too long winded here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Craven Edge kills Grog. That's kind of like the the culmination of it, like stealing strength from people. Um, wow. Okay. Again, without getting lost in the details, Grog dies. So they they successfully are able to resurrect him, and then they're like we got to do something about it. They then use a greater restoration on him because he's like literally cursed by the sword. And that like removes the final tie the sword had to him. And so at that point, I think he maybe has like a couple days where he has, I don't know if, if it's exhaustion literally or not, but like there's a couple days where he's like very severely weakened, but not in the same way the show is portraying it where he has to like re figure out, how to get his muscles back. Like that never happened. Um, so anyway, uh, forgot why I started well, that's this. So, that's just so interesting though. We were talking about like what happened to the, to Craven edge, but that's a pretty big departure. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. But so I liked how they changed it for the show because one there, I mean, there were a lot of deaths in the first campaign and I feel like if they kept being absolutely true to those in the show, it would kind of lose its weight. Like, oh, somebody died again. They're just going to resurrect him. Like, who cares? Um, so I liked that they shifted away from Grog literally dying and instead have this. Um, I guess it's not a, a, a metaphor. He truly did lose his muscles and strength. But I like that more because it rolls into all those storylines we're getting for him this season. Well, I, And that's what makes this next episode so wild is presumably taking on Kevdak with the um the storm gauntlet or what yeah the uh, titanstone knuckles titanstone knuckles um yeah him taking him on with in his current form yeah is pretty wild and i guess yeah. like you said in the in the live stream he wasn't weekend and they had the whole party so true um a couple things though he did like craven edge was his weapon i mean as you've seen in the show like he made him really strong. He was using it. So he did lose Craven Edge right before this thing with Kevdak. So it was similar in the sense that not that he's like in this weakened form, but he didn't have his weapon anymore. So he's like, I'm going into this fight without my strongest thing. And, uh, you know, he's got the Titan stone knuckles. Um, and maybe we'll talk more about this in the next episodes, but even though Vox Machina was with him, he still challenges Kevdak one-on-one like we're seeing in the yeah. show. So that part, is still true even in the campaign. Okay. Wow. So potentially a pretty amazing episode. Um, yeah. coming to you in a couple of days. <laughs> Real soon. I'm gonna be sad when it's over, man. I know. I'll be sad, but also a little relieved on our recording schedule. <laughs> we <laughs> went from just critical role to like all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which is great, but it's just a lot. It's a lot to get it all in, in one week for sure. Yeah. But, but it's been you, fun. You get a break from editing. Yeah. <laughs> we both nice. do. But yours, <laughs> you know, your breakdowns. So the good news is I haven't had a, I mean, knock on wood, I haven't had a copyright strike uh, in a couple of weeks now. So nice. We're figuring out the, uh, the tricks. 
Yeah, tricks of the trade. That's right. I'm yeah. gonna feel kind of, kind of naked without, you know. I mean, I'll be glad to have a bit of a break from all the video editing because it's literally all I've done since the show premiered. Um, but I'm kind of gonna miss it. I might need to figure out some other stuff that could make yeah. breakdowns for. Yeah. Well, I mean, then possibly next year, as early as next year, you could have breakdowns for season three and then season one of Mighty oh Nine. <laughs> I'm still interested to see how they're going to do that. I wonder if they will do it like concurrently. It'd be crazy. I saw some people talk about like potentially maybe like a start of the year season three and then like around the mid, um, maybe early fall, the second. Um, Mighty Nine, basically. So, like every six months or so, you have a new season. That'd be really cool. So, I'd be about it. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to talk about at these three episodes? Uh, I don't think so, man. I think we, uh, I think we did it. <laughs> what do you know? We loved it. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so yeah, we'll chat. Um, we have our watch party on Thursday night. If you guys want to tune into that, uh, everyone is welcome. So feel free to jump in and watch it with us. Um, our reaction video for this one, reaction for Last of Us, episode four, Last of Us discussion, critical role, all of that coming to you in the near future. So, yep. all right. See you guys later. All right, y'all. Bye.